This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. Good evening. Welcome to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Palace fans, get in touch. 0208 70 20 558 is our number. Anything that you want to talk about about Crystal Palace, we will take your calls. You can call us, you can WhatsApp us or get us on Twitter at Love Sport Radio. Talk us through transfers. There were no games over the weekend. So we've got lots of transfer chat to go through over the next hour. We'll be previewing the game at the weekend against Sheffield United. We've got Dave Bassett, former Crystal Palace and Sheffield Sheffield United manager on the phone later to talk about that as well. Of course, I'll be giving you an update updates on the League Cup semi-final. Manchester City drawing nil-nil at the moment with Man United in that second leg. Uh, City currently leading 3-1 on aggregate going into this. Anyway, my name is Miles Blumsom. I'm joined by Dr. Kernaz and Nick Gillard of the Back of the Nest podcast guys welcome to the show welcome back after a week it's been a week of no football for palace yes a good week i mean <laughs> we're coming here not upset for once and slightly looking forward to it now the shuffle united game after this week off sometimes you're happy coming in i mean yeah. if we'd have had a show straight after the tool against man city we'd have been very happy it just exactly. so, so happened that palace had to host southampton oh. in between those shows as well <laughs> you had to re- remind us that no, we'd forgotten all about that i'm really happy my son has finally beaten cancer all clear on friday and yeah, I'm buzzing. So that's excellent. That's I'm ecstatic. That, well, our thoughts go out to you. Yeah. Thank you very much for letting us all know. That's brilliant, actually. So that means that you're back as well. Back we've properly, missed you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> back in. So um, let's start with some of the transfer yep. news because it is it's squeaky bum time in the in the transfer window mm. at the moment. Two days to go. Deals that are going to get done need to get done now. Um, but what we're seeing is Patrick van Aanholt linked with a move away. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one because up until basically last week, there was no signs of Patrick Van Aanholt leaving a club. And then all of a sudden, recently, there's been rumours suggesting that uh, PSV are interested in Van Aanholt for around £4.2 million. And it's a bit of a weird one because some of the fan base, it seems like, wouldn't mind it happening as they haven't been happy with his defensive performances. But some are saying, like me, what's the point of setting a left-back when you need a left-back and we're already struggling as it is? Well, Riedewald's got Player of the Month. Yeah. So yep. there is that little bit of leeway, but it only takes an injury and then you're really, really short. Exactly, yeah. I mean, once Riedewald is injured, then who else fits in left-back? I mean, maybe Jeffrey Schlupp, but he hasn't really played left-back under Hodgson. So I wouldn't sell him. And I mean, there is a positive news in, in a way today, the fact that PSV actually managed to go and get Ricardo Rodriguez uh, is another left back. So it seems like they might not go for Van Aanholt after all. It depends where they want to play Van Aanholt because if they mm. want an attacking player, they have also just sold Steven Bervin to Tottenham. So there are spots in that squad available. Is that, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Maybe 
maybe I don't I don't know how much it would go for, but four point two million is a bit too cheap for me. I mean, you have to send it for at least ten to fifteen million if you want. If I mean this later on in the window as well, it seems like another player that we were linked with was Jamal Lewis, but mm. that seems like it's not happening. So if we don't bring in another left back and then you sell Vanahano, we've seen what happens with depth problems at right back, especially with Kelly. I mean, you can't play players out of position. So right now, I wouldn't sell him unless a good offer comes in. Nick, do you think it's time for Patrick Van Aanholt to leave Palace? No way. <laughs> no, we're you know with with other players potentially coming in. Looking at the players coming back, we we want the, the squad to stay strong. I don't know what the finances are like, but and, and what kind of wages he's on. I did see a photo of a tweet that he'd sent in reply to somebody else saying there's no way he's leaving, but it didn't have a blue tick next to his name, so I'm not sure whether <laughs> there's lots of PDF. photoshops flying about. I mean, is that time yeah. of the month where players are apparently DMing people with ten followers and saying I'm not leaving a club? But um, that was Photoshop. He did come out and say that. But an interesting thing is he's got 18 months left in his contract. So, I mean, in the summer, I guess if he if he signs a new contract, then it's all fine. But if he doesn't, then you might have to look at offers potentially because you don't want to leave him leave want him to leave for free as well. But you've got to look at it. The longer he holds on, the more money he himself is going to get and his agent's going to be saying, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's him, but Palace-wise, you look at Palace-wise, the longer that he doesn't sign a new contract, then the less money that we're going to get. Perhaps. Yeah. And, but... In, in saying that, in the meantime, you want him through to the end of the season. Yeah, right now. I mean, we haven't got another left back in, so keep him in at the club till the end of the season at least. Maybe not enough time as yeah. well. A player that has been linked with coming in, and I loved, by the way, your tweet back to the West Brom tweets about Nathan Ferguson. At the back oh. of the Nest podcast, I saw you salty much, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so Nathan Ferguson's been linked to join Palace. It's going to be around four million the deal. Uh, some of the tweets coming out of West Brom were just uh, get rid of him his head's been turned we don't want him at the club if he doesn't want to be here uh, what do you think about this before we came on air I spoke to a good friend of mine Baggies fan he's been going for 60 years mm. he is gutted he is as gutted as we were when Wan Bissaka left um, he can play anywhere across the back mm. um, when Billich went into West Brom the first thing he said is why isn't this man playing um, apparently he was absolutely fantastic scored a couple of goals then he got a red card for a really, really, really late challenge. And he hasn't been as good since then. Now, my mate says it might be because he's been linked with Juventus before. Uh, he's been linked with other other teams. He can do anything, apparently. Two-footed, passing, beating players, tackling players. And he's quite mouthy as well, which we could do with at Palace. I don't know whether he means mouthy in a positive or negative way. Most importantly, 19 years old. We've been talking about how we have an aging squad, so getting him in the club, a player that seems like he has got talent, is good. And as you said, he's good at tackling, he's good at passing. And I'm more excited about this transfer happening than the likes of Kyle Walker-Peters, in all honesty. Is it a worry that he might try and use Palace as a stepping stone to the top, top clubs, that top five, six? Well, I guess it's, it's Palace. That 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 happens to us quite often. And, you know, fans were talking about Europe after we, we drew with Man City. And, and I said, no, don't, because it's just going to go terribly, terribly wrong like it did last. We beat Chelsea a couple of years ago. Well, three or four years ago, we beat Chelsea. Pardew mentioned Europe, and we just about barely stayed up that season. It all depends. If If we can not have any more performances like we had against Southampton, then... Possibly he'll 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 want to stay with us. I know Bichenti uh, Guaita has been watching the under twenty threes. You know what what player does that? He's been linked with Man City. He loves the club. He mm. must love the vibe around the club. So yeah, it's a London club as well. So I feel like that helps. Well, well, the the last the latest uh, reports that I'm seeing on Nathan Ferguson is that he's having his medical. Yeah, ten million pound move. Uh, we've mentioned about left backs leaving. He is someone who can cover across the back four. Do you see him going straight in at centre back or? Could he start as a left back or right back? I don't. I don't see him playing as a centre back. I would be worried because he hasn't got the height personally. I don't think he has, and I see him starting at right back predominantly. But I mean, if Van Aanholt's staying at the club, then I guess the left back position is Reedwald and Van Aanholt. So yeah, I could see him as a right back. But I don't know if he would start straight away. It's a bit of a weird one. Would Roy Hodgson put a 19 year old? Uh, we've seen with him, he hasn't given youngsters many chances before. So would you put a 19 year old straight away into the starting lineup? I'm not too sure, but he should. He he really should because he seems like he's a good player so I don't think and he has first team experience so I don't think that we should be waiting too long before he actually plays first team football I think 
Joel Ward will start, and I think he'll he'll actually up his game a little bit because of this this new young bright star coming in. So hopefully, pushing for positions, these players are going to really have to fight to stay in the team. So I think if he doesn't start, we'll see a good performance from Wardy. Another young right back being linked uh, last minute is uh, Tariq Lamptey from Chelsea, mm. actually. So he came on against Arsenal. I didn't get to watch that game, but I had friends who were at the game who said that um, Tariq Lamptey was fantastic when he came on. Um, £6 million is a bargain for a young player, yeah. a young English player as well at this point. Um, you, we talked about all of a sudden uh, having a, a lack of right backs. All of a sudden, it looks like we're linked with everyone under the sun. Yeah, I mean, it's typical Palace, ain't it? There's only like two days left of the transfer window and now we're linked with everyone and it was all quiet during the actual um, early days of the window. I mean, he did look like a good uh, player when he did come on against Arsenal for Chelsea but I guess he might be a backup option to Nathan Ferguson. I don't see us signing another, maybe another fullback if Ferguson does come in. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, it, if, Ferguson, if Ferguson is at the club then I wouldn't look too much into it personally. You have to go up against Brighton for Tariq Lamps. You don't want to lose that yeah, to but, Brighton yeah, a transfer. Br- yeah, Brighton. The interesting thing about Brighton, the report came out suggesting that they actually um, they haven't had the greatest financial year. So yeah. we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> um, let's talk about Yannick Carrasco because yeah. this, when the report came out, was almost. Wow, because he's playing over in China at the moment. China have bought in the salary cap, so all the stars in China are going, hold on a minute, I don't want to only earn 50 grand a week. I've been earning 300, 400 grand a week. Uh, Let's go and at least get Premier League money. So uh, Yannick Carrasco, it's gone a little bit quiet recently, but a few days ago it was hotting up. I saw the tweets, I saw the videos saying him on one side, Zaha on the other, all of a sudden (laughs) Palace Palace are one of the most (laughs) attackingly potent teams in the league uh, do you know what's going on with this at the moment um it seems like there, there's difficulties in terms of the, getting a deal with um chinese club dalian because carrasco what first and foremost he's on 100 and i think reported around 180,000 a week 160,000 a week which palace can't afford that yeah yeah but the thing is he's not going to be on that for long because of the salary cap so he's going to have to leave and i think he's going to have to accept a pay cut yeah i think palace are willing to offer around 60 percent of yeah. that so I'm not too sure it's, it seems like from even when the report first came out of Carrasco being linked everyone was saying how this club Dalian they are hard to play with I mean they're going to be hard negotiators so I just if it happens it's happening on deadline day I don't happen, I don't see it happening t- tonight or tomorrow it's, it's one of them deadline day moves and it could be similar to what we saw against Bachua it'll be a fantastic move though I, honestly if we get Carrasco not Zar's replacement but maybe Maybe if he's a player that he was at Atletico Madrid um, and if Zaha leaves in the summer, maybe that would be a good replacement. So overall, it would be nice if we do get him. And it would be a bit more like when uh, Palace had Zaha on one side and uh, Balassi on the other, another Yannick. Yeah. Uh, that would be harking back to those, uh, you know, some of those flicks and tricks. Uh, Nick, what do you think about Carrasco? Do you think he's a bit too good to be true? Yeah, he's one of those, I believe it if I see it. I mean, I'm, I'm noting that he's from Belgium. I'm, I, I don't know why. I've got FIFA chemistry in my mind and will he supply the balls <laughs> in, for, in for Benteke to score some goals. I'm not sure that's how it works in the real yeah, world. I know, I know. <laughs> but we need creative players and he's a creative player, so... We're going to keep going on transfer rumours up next in the League Cup semi-final. Still nil-nil. Man United with a free kick in a dangerous area. Lingard and Fred standing over it. For Man United fans, do you remember the time when you'd have Beckham and Giggs standing over those? Ooh, <laughs> Lingard and Fred not quite as good as Fred whips it in. And it is, oh, well, it's going to be a penalty shout, but I doubt they'll get it. Still nil-nil in that. 3-1 on aggregate to Manchester City. And a reminder that the World Indoor Athletic Championships has been cancelled because of the the outbreak of coronavirus in China. We've had some reports through of that. Just coming up to quarter past eight, this is Love Sport London. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Love Sport London, this is the Crystal Palace fan show. Miles Blumsom here, joined by the Back of the Nest podcast team, DR Kernaz and Nick Gillard. Uh, we've been talking about some of the incomings and potential incomings for Palace in this window. We've got two days left of the January transfer window, but we're seeing a potential loan signing 
out of the club. Nia Kirby is being linked with Fleetwood. Now, DR, you think this is good news, right? Yes, we need... I said it last week with Sam Woods as well. We need these players out there playing first-team football. Mm. It's, it doesn't make any sense for these players to actually stay at Palace because they're not getting any opportunities. We've seen it with the injury crisis, yet Nia Kirby still didn't play. I know he made a couple of appearances on the bench, but that's just not good enough, really. And if he would move to Fleetwood, I guess that would be positive in a way because he would actually get that game time and help his development. Do you think... Because there's an argument for it's a different style of football away from the club, so he's not being ingrained in the the way that the club wants to play football. Do you think there's an argument that sometimes it can be a negative thing? I think if you if you look at how we play football right now, there is, it isn't really hard um, to play the type of football Roy demands. So I guess if it was another <laughs> if it was another manager, uh, like let's say likes of Chris Wilder at Sheffield United, then maybe yes, stay at the club, learn the system. But we haven't really got a system. It's it's basic. It's defending and counter attack. So I don't think he will lose out much. He's an attacking player, and if he goes out on Fleetwood and gets the opportunity to have that creative role because he's a good footballer he has played for England um, for the England youth sides mm. if he gets that freedom and plays then I think it'll be good for him Now Nick when players go out on loan it can be the making or breaking of them because a lot of players go on a lot of loan moves and never make it at the top they sometimes may I don't know if their confidence get, gets knocked or they realise where they actually are in their development do you see this as a positive thing for the kid? It's got to be, really, because you, you want to be playing first-team football. I, I really rue, and you're probably too young to remember this, but there used to be a league called the Ovenden Combination. And it was basically... <laughs> well, yeah, I don't remember, no. <laughs> they, they, they had the results in the papers, but it was a reserve league. Yeah. So it was, it was almost as competitive because they were all players on the cusp. It wasn't the under-23s with three or four sort of senior players mm. that could play. So they, they'd learn the style together. But, but you're talking about Roy... And, and learning a club style. Um, are there many clubs that do that all the way through now, from the youth system all the way up to the first team? I know they do it at Man City. And it does make you wonder, what if the manager goes, you get a new manager and you've got the whole setup has to change their style. I guess that's the problem with the way that, manage, that teams go through managers these days. It's hard to implement a club style when a new manager could bring a completely new style. You look at Watford this season, they were trying to play this expansive football. Nigel Pearson comes in, completely changes the way the team plays. So I guess, yeah, first-team football must be the most important thing. Are there any other young players that you want to see going out, DR? Well, possibly Tyreek Mitchell. I mean, he looked good in pre-season, but he got injured and hasn't really had an opportunity um, since then. There's Luke Dre, he seems like a good player in midfield but he's he isn't getting I think all youngsters really whoever's in an under 23 side I think they would want to go because there's a difference between just waiting and waiting for your opportunity and being realistic about it if you're being if we're being real about the situation these players know that they're not going to get opportunities opportunities with Roy Another player that's been linked with a move to Palace is World Cup winner Fernabache centre-back Adil Rami. Apparently Palace are considering making an offer. Adil Rami known for his weird moustache yeah. and of course previously dating Pamela Anderson. If they can get that back on Pamela Anderson down at Sellers Park, I don't know how many of the guys will be watching the football if she's down there. Uh, I've, I've, luckily enough, I've seen Adil Rami because I do follow uh, Fenerbahce. Yeah. Um, and... Well, I haven't seen much of him because he's only made five appearances. But when he has played, I haven't seen a player that out of pace for, in the Turkish league. And honestly, if he comes to Palace, where he doesn't fit in, he just doesn't fit in. He's he's just looks so so slow. And I don't know, maybe a different environment might help him. But it's just it's not even tactics. It was just him. He just he's, didn't look the man. He's living that celebrity lifestyle, I think. But he was a good player. He was in a he's in a World Cup winning France squad. Yeah, but how much would he want as well if he joins Palace? Right now, we don't need centre-backs. If, if Scott Dan leaves, this is how I see it. If Scott Dan leaves maybe on deadline day, then you might want another replacement just to make sure that you've got enough numbers. But if he doesn't leave and getting Rami, right now we're already struggling as it is to spend money. So there's no point of spending useless money. If he's off the pace and he's only going to be a backup. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. What, what's the point is if he's not very good? And no disrespect to the Turkish league, but, you know, Solov's doing so well out there. And yeah. Um, and he's had uh, extension on his loan, hasn't he, Solov? Uh, I'm not too sure about but, that. But I, I, I'm sure I read that in the week. But, if, you know, we, we need players that are going to be able to come straight in and do the job straight away. And if you're saying he's off the pace, yeah. in and off the pace league, it's, <laughs> exactly. it's pointless. It's, hard. <laughs> it, it's not going to work the other way around where all of a sudden yeah. he's on the pace in the Premier League. Just to let you know, in the League Cup semi-final second leg, Manchester United have gone 1-0 up on the day, which means they've clawed the aggregate back to 3-2. Still need two goals to go through. I believe that the away goals rule is still in place in the Carabao Cup so Man United is still going to need two more goals but after 35 minutes being 1-0 up is a very good start. Now some interesting rumours coming out of Crystal Palace Roy Hodgson potentially walking away over a lack of transfer activity. What do you make of this? I've been I've been calling for this since basically since the summer or near enough maybe towards December. I'm I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't blame Roy Hodgson as well because you look at where we are right now in the league these owners need to back Roy Hodgson. He's delivered what they want uh, so far. We need to stay up in the league and that's what they want. And he has provided that, yet we haven't backed him enough. And he has been calling for players since the summer. Even he come out publicly and criticised the American owners. Roy is frustrated. I, I don't think Palace fans should be surprised if Roy walks away. I've, I've been seeing this coming for a very long time. There was potential uh, contract extension talks in December. Nothing happened. I mean... I don't blame Roy if he walks away, but I'm actually genuinely worried. You've got to look at the history of what other managers have done. Pulis left. We 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 can only surmise that it was because he wasn't getting backed. Allardyce left. We can only surmise that he wasn't getting the backing that he wanted in the transfer window. OK, they said it was for other reasons, maybe. I mean, you can tell Roy's really fed up because he called uh, Steve Parrish Stephen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doug Friedman, Doug. There's a lot of ire on social media about the American owners and how much they want to be involved. Do they want to be out? Do they want to be investing if they want to be leaving? It's, you know, I I imagine it's the same at a lot of clubs. But Nick, do you think Roy's got a leg to stand? Do you think he's got a point here in maybe potentially leaving over something like this? He's an older manager who, you know... Palace almost gave him a lifeline after the England job. Do you think think he's right to be considering leaving? Yes, but I don't know... Would he go on to another club afterwards if he did? I I do think that he is where going to be his last club. Uh, I think he'd like like to stay on one more season. You've got to remember, though, Steve Parrish has also said in the past that 99.99% of what you read in the press is absolute rubbish. But- and he reads stuff and he can't believe that it's actually true. But it makes sense, though, honestly. I don't think this is rubbish. Roy, a manager isn't going to come out and call the owners so many times and say publicly that he needs players this many times and without thinking about his future. He should be thinking about his future. If I was him, I'd be thinking about it. But what I'm worried about, I've I've come here and I've criticised Roy's tactics at times, but I still feel like he's the best man to lead us forward right now because if he does leave and we still got American owners, then I am genuinely so worried because right now he's not getting the back in. So a new manager comes in and if we can't back him, then God knows where we would be. And it's not good enough that they managed to keep hold of Wilfred Zaha? I, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I just I just feel like you have to go and please the manager. He especially if he is providing you the results which Roy has been I know his football is boring at times but forget about that that's as fans that's how we see it results matter for the owners the most if you stay in the Premier League and he has provided that so go out there and back him right now even though we're talking about Nathan Ferguson we're on the 29th of January mm. a couple of days before the deadline day and now we're only getting a right back we need the one in the summer so what what is taking so long to go and get these players for Roy Hodgson? Looks like you missed out on Carl Walker-Peters as well from yeah. Spurs. Looks like he's going to Southampton. It's a £15 million price tag, but in this day and age, that's not a lot of money. And Roy Hodgson actually did come out and say that Carl Walker-Peters seems close. And he looked like a fool once again because it seems like he's going he's going to Southampton. I know we're getting another right back, but all, it seems like broken promises uh, in the background, honestly, because he has come out and he has said, I need players. And Roy Hodgson seems like the man who wouldn't do that unless it's necessary. And some of the words and some of the suggestions seems that he's not happy. And don't be surprised if he leaves. Honestly, I believe this report. Just quickly on Wilfred Zaha. I think this is the first transfer window I can remember for a long time where there has been no whispers really about him actually leaving. Apart from us speculating, is he going to go? I've not seen anything concrete. 
It's because he hasn't been playing that well. <laughs> you know, we 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 value him at eighty million or whatever, and um, I think he's only worth eighty million to us. Who who have Everton just signed or looked like signing Richar- for a lot of money or, or selling? They look so, like Richar- selling Richarlison yeah. for eighty mil for Barcelona. They've rejected that bid. And hopefully Everton fans now understand where Palace fans are coming from when we say Zaha's worth this much to us because it's different with Richarlison. He's younger than Zaha, of course. But I think we have to look at it in the summer. I could see Zaha leaving in the summer. I feel like that's the right time for Zaha in the summer. For around 50, 60 million, I could see it happening because he's, he's turning 28 soon. So his value is only going to go down. And yeah. Richarlison, actually, the bid was 85 million that's been rejected from Barcelona to Everton. Richarlison, for me, has a bigger upside than Zaha for, for, yeah. for longer term. He's, I would potentially say, not far off being as good as Zaha already, especially this season. Um, Richarlison scored some very important goals. Yeah, you should, you should look at the the clubs and the players instead of oh saying oh Richarlison he's worth let's say Hazard he got sold for around 80 million mm. for example Richarlison should be worth less it shouldn't work like that Richarlison is worth more than 85 million for Everton so I understand it however you look at social media and other fans they're saying oh wait they just rejected the 85 million bid I see it I understand why they rejected it it's because he is worth more than that to Everton can you see a situation where his contract runs down uh, what Zaha yeah uh, no I feel like it's just too long his contract, yeah, I don't see it happening. He'll go, people yeah. will come in and, yeah. and pay the amount of money that Crystal Palace are looking for for him by the time that happens. Yeah, I think his value will decrease over time, over the years. Palace fans, what do you think? 0208 70 20 558 is our number. You can give us a call or you can get us on WhatsApp. Get your opinion on the radio at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It looks like Manchester City, oh, it's just been ruled out for offside. It looked like Raheem Sterling had scored for Man City to equal it on the day, but it's been ruled out for offside. On uh, For West Ham, in the West Ham-Liverpool game in the Premier League, of course, Liverpool have taken the lead at the London Stadium. Mo Salah with a penalty there. We're just coming up to 29 minutes past eight. Uh, up next, we're going to preview the Sheffield United game, a massive game this weekend for Crystal Palace. Sheffield United have such a good away record in the Premier League it's going to be a really really tough game but Crystal Palace and Sheffield United they're fighting around the same sort of area in the league 0208 70 20 558 is a number of, uh, to call what do you think is going to happen Miles Blumsom here for the Crystal Palace Fan Show For the fans by the fans Love Sport Radio this is Love Sport Radio. Welcome to the Crystal Palace Fan Show. For the rest of the UK, we've been on Love Sport London for the last half hour. Now we are linked up across the United Kingdom. My name is Miles Blumsom, joined by the guys from the Pack of the Nest podcast, DR Kernaz and Nick Gillard, talking all things Crystal Palace. Just in the League Cup semi-final going on at the moment, Manchester City nil, Manchester United one, making it 3-2 to City on aggregate. United are still going to need two more goals to progress. And in the Premier League, Liverpool are beating West Ham at the London Stadium. 1-0 a most Salah penalty. The difference between the sides as we head towards half-time. 0208 70 20 558 is our number. Palace fans, get in touch. Let us know what you want to say about Crystal Palace, about the transfer dealings, maybe about the Sheffield United game this weekend. You can call us or WhatsApp us 0208 70 20 558 or get us on Twitter. Someone who has called that number is Keith from Purley. Keith, welcome to the Crystal Palace Fan Show. How are you today? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Yeah, I've been uh, listening to uh, the earlier part of the programme. Um, I went to the under-23 game this afternoon, and I heard you talking about Kirby and a few others that could go out on loan. Um, Basically, uh, you probably know the result. We we lost 3-2 after being 2-0 up. up. Um, We looked very... I thought we looked a very poor side. I've seen a number of under-23 games this season, and there is nobody that's anywhere near Premier League standard, let alone probably the Championship as well. I was expecting to see um, the guy that they signed from Scotland uh, in the team today, but whether he still, still hasn't come back down here again yet, I don't know. But, uh, but there was nobody, they were all youngsters, there was nobody that was coming back from injury that was given a run out. Uh, yeah, it was basically just the youngsters. So um, th- there's certainly <laughs> nothing much there really to... Um, you know, to you know, to put in uh, to bring up into the first team at the moment. Do you think loan moves will benefit these young players then? Um, I think Kerb is the only one probably out of the team that's been talked about. There was talk that he was going to go to Fleetwood, but um, I haven't seen any more about that. But um, I'm at the moment, I'm like a lot of people, more interested to see what's um, 
what's going on in the transfer window at the moment. Is there any confirmation that we've signed Ferguson yet? Not yet. He's he's uh, he's having his medical is the last that we've seen. So it's looking very positive, though. All right, that's good. Because, uh, I mean, obviously, I obviously heard your comments that Roy wasn't happy. I think I've read that in one of the papers this morning, um, that uh, he, he's not happy uh, with what's got in the transfer window. I suppose the only positive we've had so far in January is that... Um, we actually signed Tossum um, in about the second week of the window, which is which is something really new for Palace. Yeah, indeed. But, but I mean, I don't know whether you guys have heard it tonight, but uh, I saw it on one of the message boards, and I spoke to try to get confirmation that apparently Tossum is out injured and could be out for three or four weeks. I don't know whether anybody's heard that tonight. I haven't. I haven't heard anything about that yet. But just going quickly back to Roy Hodgson do you think that he could actually potentially leave do you believe the, these rumours and would you really blame him if he does uh, no I wouldn't blame him I just don't think he's I don't think he's had the support and I think because where we're sitting in the table I think Parrish obviously thinks that he can probably um, keep us up without having to do a lot in the in the transfer market um, in, in January but but I think we all know um, that we need players and I think if we get many more performances like we did against Southampton, then, um, you know, we're still going to be probably in serious trouble because that was, you know, I think everybody said that was probably um, one of the worst performances we've seen under Hodgson. You're saying, Steve Parrish, how much of that is the Americans saying hold back the cash, hold back the cash? Because, you know, we haven't spoken about it for a while, but there's that main stand that's going to be built to be considered as well. You know, how much of that is playing on, you know, how much money we're spending? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really know what... I don't think anybody really knows what's happening about the the Americans at the moment. Uh, nobody seems to come in... You know, Parrish doesn't seem to come out and obviously say much, but uh, I'm sure if we make a few signings between now and Friday, he'll he'll be the first one to go on Twitter and say, you know, uh, what we've done. Mm. We, we, we only seem to hear much from him is when there's something, something good's happened, you know, but uh, we, I think we really need to... You know, we need to sign some players and... Uh, I mean, there's rumour that Benteke, um, Van Arnholt and uh, Towns in the fit for Saturday. So if we can get those back in the team, then I think, um, you know, we, 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 we should have a reasonable side out. Keith, Keith, we can't have you on without asking you how you're going to go against Sheffield United at the weekend. What do you think the score's going to be? Um, I think it's going to be a very, very tough game because they've got a good record. If, if we can improve a hell of a lot on... Um, the performance against Southampton, we've we've got a chance, but we we need to um, we need to you know create chances. Which in the Southampton game, I think we all know we we didn't create a chance. So we really need to start putting the ball in the back of the net. Hopefully a win, but uh, I'm not confident. Hopefully a win, but you're not confident. Come on, score prediction. Put your put your <laughs> put your heart on your sleeve. Put your cards on the table. Um, two ones of Palace. Yeah, that's what we like to hear. <laughs> Keith, thank you for joining the show. Keith from Purley. If you want to call Crystal Palace fans, if you want to get your voice heard on the radio, 0208 70 20 558 is our number. Call us or send us a message on WhatsApp. Let's talk about... The, oh, you want to go yeah, I've just seen um, Palace have rejected free bids for PVA and it's looking unlikely because... Uh, Rodriguez looks like he's going there, so they're, they're, that rumour's being quashed a bit by um, one of the major news people. So. Well, that's good Fingers news. Crossed. That's very good Fingers news. Uh, so it looks like he'll be available back in the side this weekend. Sheffield United at home, 3 o'clock on Saturday. It's a very, very difficult game. Sheffield United, I believe, have only lost to Liverpool and Manchester City on the road this season. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not confident at all. I mean, I, it's not... The Southampton game in particular, but looking back at the Sheffield United game, I would, I'm not going to forget this, I think, for the rest of the season. We got absolutely uh, demolished in that game. In scoreline, it's only 1-0, but if you actually look at the performance, they outdone us in every aspect. It was just embarrassing to watch. I mean, they just came up in the Premier League, and the, the football that they were playing in comparison to ours, it was shocking to watch. They've done that to a lot of teams this season, including yeah. Tottenham, Arsenal, uh, Manchester United. They've outplayed just yeah. about everybody, bar Man City and Liverpool. Nick, how do you see the game going? It, it's hard to tell because Roy sets up the same all the time. We we really need to come out of the box uh, for a game and take a game rather than relying on waiting until the seventy fifth minute <laughs> to actually start playing. Football, and yeah. and that's that's the hardest thing. Um, we've got players coming back. Luca Luca might be back. Um, hopefully he'll get a bit of fire back into the midfield, um, which would mean dropping McCarthy. I think. 
Which, You've not been that impressed with McCarthy this season. Yeah, I have, but he's, since he's been having a bit of a run, he's got better, apart from the game against Southampton, where, to be perfectly honest, I don't think anybody yeah. made, made a good show for themselves, did they? Do you think he would drop McCarthy? I thought he would drop maybe likes of um, Kuyate for Luca. It seems like Roy trusts, trusts McCarthy. Yeah, but you, Kuyate's all over the pitch and he's good at swapping roles sort of for a couple of minutes at a time. He's, he's quite versatile. Uh, Kuwati and good at running forward with the ball, which Luca doesn't really do. Um, so, you know, getting getting forward, I don't think Luca can do that as much. I think getting Andres Townsend back, potentially yeah. another player who could come back, is a massive boost because we need creativity going forward. We can't rely solely on Wilfred Zaha. We saw against Southampton, we've seen him many times this season. When you just focus on Wilfred Zaha, he will get outnumbered and he's not Superman to go out three or four players go past him. I know he does it once or twice, but you can't always expect him to do that. And then afterwards, as a fan base, we go and blame Wilfred Zaha for for being out-managed, basically, for us not uh, using him properly. So having Andros Townsend back on, a, on the other side of the wing would be absolutely massive. One of the things Andros Townsend does very well is when you're struggling to break a team down, he's never scared of having a shot. He'll come inside and he'll try something. He'll test the keeper out, which is why he scores so many screams. Think about yeah. the one against Manchester City. And against a team as organised and well-drilled as the Sheffield United side, who do play expansive football, but they also don't concede many goals, um, he could be the difference. Yeah, he could. Um, and we've been talking about it as well. We're, we're not creating many chances going forward. And yes, we have played some uh, teams that are good, like Southampton. Yes, I don't think they were as good as we made them out to be, but they are still a good team recently. They've turned it around. However, getting the likes of Andrew Townsend, he is good going forward. But another thing is his work rate. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. And he's a Roy type of player. He'll go back, he'll get the ball and he'll bring it forward. And in a game where Sheffield United, the way that they play with overlapping centre-backs, there might be some chances at the back open. Andrew Townsend could fit in that hole and he has got that pace to go past them defenders and create more chances like that. Patrick Van Aanholt and Benteke also available. It looks like coming back into the side. Um, you can't really see Benteke starting, but Patrick Van Aanholt could go back into the side despite Riedewald having such a good good uh, month. That would, he would just, if Roy does that, that would be the worst message to send to the players. He's just got player of the month, Riedewald, exactly. and he's just getting into his stride. I'd push one of them further forward. Um, Tosin being out, um, that would push Ayu back into a, a more central position because he has been playing out on the left since Tosin came in. Mm. So it's almost like we've got... got yeah, I just, <laughs> we're overloading. Jordan Ayu as well. <laughs> Why did I forget about him? Yeah, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking up these uh, Tosin injury rooms. I can't find anything yeah. to say that he's injured. I, it looks to me like he's available. So you would assume he would go into start, but... Would you say a front three of Zaha, Ayu and Townsend would be better? That's it's a very good question. I, honestly, I sound bad, but I actually for a second forgot about Jordan Ayu. I was like, <laughs> I'm How dead, can you I, forget him? No, exactly. I, everyone, I, I remember likes of McCarthy, but forget about Ayu. Oh, it's been a long day. But yeah, because <laughs> I, 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 I made my lineup and at the back, I assumed Joel Wood, he might be back. If he's not, then Martin Kelly will be at right back. But... Yeah, as a front three, if if Ayu, well, Ayu is fit, it seems like. Does Where does Townsend fit in, or does he drop Ayu for Townsend? Well, you've got to remember, players coming back from injury might not go straight into the starting lineup anyway because you don't want to, uh, well, you don't want them to re-injure themselves by going too hard. I know there hasn't been a game at the weekend, but there was one last Wednesday. So you can't expect all of these players to go straight back into the team just because, they, you know, we don't know if they're 100% fit or 75, 80, 90% fit. In an ideal club, yes, but this is Palace and Roy Hodgson and we've seen <laughs> players who are not 100% fit playing for the team. I mean, Kriato wasn't that fit was for so long. because of injuries. Yeah, I still, if they are fit, well, if they are fit to play, even if they're not 100%, I could see Roy putting the likes of Luca and maybe Townsend because he trusts them players and he would rather them player than anyone else if Nathan Ferguson gets signed in the next day do you see him going straight into the squad yes hopefully but I just don't see him starting I mean maybe if Joel Ward isn't uh isn't fit then maybe he comes in instead of Martin Kelly I would like to see that but if Joel Ward is fit I think we could see a bit of a playing game from Ferguson until Ward messes up one or two games then he'll get his opportunity the fact is it's Wednesday now if he's if we sign him today because he's got his medical he's got two days to to see how we're playing, to to kind of bond with the team and and know what he's doing a little bit more. If it was a couple of days, if it was like Thursday or Friday, yeah. I couldn't see it happening. Tosson, he signed 
I think he signed on Friday, then he played on the Saturday, so... Yeah. yeah. Okay, excitingly, up next, we're going to be talking to former Crystal Palace and Sheffield United manager Dave Bassett. I'm excited about this because he can give us both sides of the coin to preview this game at the weekend. Just coming up to quarter to nine, this is Love Sport. Giving your team a voice, Love Sport Radio. This is the Crystal Palace fan show on Love Sport Radio. Miles Blumsom here, joined by the Back of the Nest podcast team, Daya Kernaz and Nick Gillard with us today. Joining us on the phone, former Sheffield United and Crystal Palace manager, uh, Dave Bassett. Dave, welcome to the show. How are you? Very good, Miles. You? Yeah, really good, thank you. Are you looking forward to the game this weekend? Two of the clubs you've managed playing against each other. It must be a bit of a weird one for you. Yeah, well, I've got a few clubs that meet one another. <laughs> lunch, Watford, Leicester and Nottingham Forest, etc. Yeah, so, no, I'm going to the game and, uh, you know, both teams are in the Premier League. So, uh, you know, be competitive. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I just want to ask you about director of football. I mean, right now at Palace, we've got uh, Doug Friedman, director of football. It seems like he's handling transfers. How do you see it as a former manager of other players handling transfers? And how was it uh, when you was managing? Well, yeah, I mean, I know Dougie. He was a player when I was there, and mm. you know, he's an intelligent boy, and uh, he had a stint of being a manager, and he now finds himself a director of football. I mean, most of my career, there wasn't director of footballs at all, um, as such. You know, it's got to, the director of football's got to be done in the right way. Um, in conjunction with the manager. I mean, I think the director of football should be sort of in between the two, not favouring, you know, seeing what's right for the club. So he recommends to the board with his football experience, you know, what he thinks and what the manager wants. But at the same time, you know, he's a, he, he can't be bowing to the manager if it doesn't meet with the financial requirements, etc., or the running of overall running of the club. So, you know, and a lot of people don't like that. You know, a lot of managers in the past didn't want a director of football. But really now, a lot of them call them sporting directors who get the players and the managers actually coach them. So a lot of the time, the manager doesn't always have the final say or an enormous amount of input. You know, it would vary. But a manager, in my opinion, has got to have the final say. It's no good a director of football signing a player or with the sort of ability of the... Um, you know, the board as such, and forcing the manager to have that player if he doesn't want to. Hello, Dave. Vinnick here. I've, I've watched you all my life uh, at Wimbledon and, and coming through. My dad used to take me to Wimbledon one week, Palace the next, so I kind of followed both clubs for a while. You were at Palace yeah. for 72 hours you first go. Now, it you 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 felt your heart wasn't in it. We're, we're reading reports that Roy might be on his way if we don't get transfers. How does that feel as a manager? Because obviously, sometimes you leave because you get the bullet. You, your team hasn't been performing well. It, it seems rare for a manager to leave of his own volition. What do you make of that? Well, I mean, I just got promoted to the championship, as it were, or League One, as it was at that, or sorry, the second division. And uh, I had a good Wimbledon team. And Ron knows who I knew. I was instrumental in getting Ron to come to, Chris, uh, to Wimbledon, which he did. And Ron always had this sort of feeling he wanted me to be the manager. And um, we just got promoted. And Ron, you know, uh, well, you know, convinced me for a period that, you know, it was time to move on. You know, Palace were a bigger club, bigger crowds, bigger budget, etc. And And he wanted it. And he was very persuasive. And I liked Ron, you know. And it just seemed as, you know, had I taken Wimbledon as far as I could and you know really to be quite honest any other club I wouldn't have even considered I would, I would have stayed at Wimbledon but you know somehow I got sucked into it and thought yes perhaps he's right but when I made the decision and agreed to go you know the next day I realised no I didn't want to do it I was awake all night I thought no I've got a better team at Wimbledon at this moment I think we've got something going special uh, at Wimbledon and, and I, I rang Ron and told him and of course the press went for Ron they thought he'd done something and tucked me up or whatever it was that wasn't the case you know at all uh, he handled it very well um, you know he was disappointed but he understood where I was coming from and he obviously didn't want me to come if I wouldn't have got me whole heart in it at all you know as such so you know so I, I respected him for that and uh, you know stayed, then stayed at Wimbledon as it was it, it kind of led to a brand new young manager coming through to cut his teeth uh, a certain Mr Steve Coppel so it that wasn't was all bad great. for us in the end but, but then no, you came back to it, us it, it, it turned out a good move because, you know, at that stage, it was good for me. I stayed at Wimbledon. We got, you know, two years later, we got promoted to the top league and I stayed in the top league with Wimbledon and Steve, you know, started his excellent run with the Crystal Palace. Yeah, um, just 
looking ahead to the game on a weekend between Palace and Sheffield United. Just what's your overall thoughts on Palace this season? Um, it seems like we have been getting the results, but fans have been upset with the performances. And also, um, I mean, you look at Sheffield United, another team, but they have a completely different philosophy, overlapping centre-backs, which sounds crazy. Hmm. Um, so what's your thoughts on the game on a weekend? Well, I think it'd be very tight. I mean, uh, uh, Sheffield United haven't have conceded very little goals. Palace don't concede lots of goals. Um, uh, Sheffield United have perhaps scored a bit more goals than Palace. Palace's problem, you know, for a few seasons now, has been scoring goals. And um, Roy's very good at the, the defensive setup with the, the, what he does. He's an experienced manager. And Palace are very hard to play against. They're well organised. They're disciplined on what they do. And, and uh, they cause uh, problems for a lot of teams. You know, it's not an easy game. But, of course, the problem is with Palace, they don't have this prolific goal scorer that uh, can make the, the hell of a difference. They've got one or two people that can weigh in but it's not on a consistent basis hence you know if they lose they don't lose heavily if they win they don't win heavily either and a lot of the times it's draws and Sheffield United are a little bit like that they're a bit more attacking they're, 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 you know Chris Wilder's got them defensively well organised a lot of the clubs don't seem to be able to cope with the way Sheffield United play and seem to find it difficult and and so they've had they've done extremely well and their right away record is, is, is terrific only having lost to Liverpool and Man City, which is saying something. Um, but I think it'd be a very tight game. I mean, early in the season, uh, I saw it on the television, but Sheffield United won 1 0, and deservedly so, because, you know, Palace's uh, attacking instincts in that game and attacking was very poor. But they've improved since then. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a, a tight game. I think, uh, you know, I mean, if you ask me, I think it's got a draw written all over it. The player who should have that attacking impetus for Crystal Palace as Wilfred Zaha being valued at £80 million by the club sort of fallen off a bit this season do you think that might be because he wanted to leave in the summer is it hard for him to get re-motivated to play for a club that he might not necessarily want to be at yeah, well, I think it's very difficult. You know, he must. He wanted to go. He obviously didn't, and I, and he was obviously upset. And that affects a player uh, for a while. I mean, he, he seemed to bounce back and have some decent form uh, towards the end of the year. Um, you know, so it, it, I think his form in the early part of the season was not up to what he normally can provide. And I think that was down due to the fact that he didn't get the move. I think he decided he wanted to leave Palace, and Palace obviously didn't want him to leave and then sell him Wamba Daka, uh, you know, the, the, the money pressure wasn't on them in that respect. And Roy obviously wanted to keep Zaha because, you know, it's not easy with him going. Uh, how much money is he going to get? Where is he going to get a striker from that can do what Zaha goes? I mean, as I say, again, Palace to some extent, you know, have, have not gone on in the last couple of seasons in spending more money. I mean, one, you know, I would have been thought that this window, they would have been looking to look to bring some goal scorer in as such. I mean, Sheffield United are doing a bit of transfer activity uh, in in that department. And the Palace seem reluctant to, to do it. Uh, uh, have they got the money? I don't know the answer. I would think they've got a fair bit of money. Um, you know, in the circumstances, Roy has kept Palace uh, afloat um, with his organisation and what he's capable of doing um, without any effect on the top six in any way whatsoever. But obviously, that's probably good news to the board of directors who think, well, Roy Hodge can, can keep us up. Do you think the Palace have a chance of winning this weekend? Where can they exploit any weaknesses in this uh, Sheffield United team? Well, I mean, it's when, when they get the chances. You know, there's always a couple of chances in the game. You know, it's not easy to exploit because Sheffield United work extremely hard. They're fit. They're strong. Their system is good. Their their organisation is good on play, set plays, defending and attacking. Um, it's, it's when, if Palace get the, the breaks on the counter-attacks, whether they can be clinical enough to, to do it. I don't think it's going to be easy for Palace to create a lot of chances against Sheffield United. But at the same context, I don't think Sheffield United will be swarming over or swarming all over Palace, creating lots of chances either. Dave, well, I could talk to you all night, but yeah. unfortunately we run out of time. Dave Bassett there, sorry. The former chef of Sheffield United and Crystal Palace manager, thank you so much for joining the show. Before we finish, guys, DR, score prediction for the weekend. Oh, I think I'm not really confident in all honesty, based on what happened last game. Um, I, I see it. Sheffield United win a 2-1 Sheffield United win Nick we are due to stuff somebody <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I just hope that it's this weekend how far due 
We do it once a season. Um, I think we can win 4-0. And I'd, I'd love to Whoa. just see 4-0 would be fantastic. <laughs> that is absolutely huge. I'm going to be, unfortunately, going the same way as DR. Just the way I've seen Sheffield United play this season, I'm going to have to say a 1-0 Sheffield United win. 4-0. <laughs> 4-0 is a great shout. And if that happens... Reality is going to hit you hard on Saturday when we come out and have zero shots on target. <laughs> or if it's 5-0, we can say you weren't positive enough. Exactly. But how different would that Southampton game have been had Tosson put that one-on-one away rather than yeah. shooting too early? I mean, Dave Bassett's talking about being clinical. All we need is to get an early chance and get that and make sure we don't sit behind the ball. If Roy can come out the box, come out, come out the block, sorry, and go at them, I think we've got a chance. You just need one to come off his bum. That's yeah, all you yeah, need exactly. to happen. Just to start with early doors and then you can make a chef and I come out of you and you can get in behind them. That was the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Thank you very much to the guys from the Back of the Nest podcast, DR Kernaz and Nick Gillard. I'm Miles Blumsome. Up next, we're going to be doing the Fulham Fan Show. We did the Charlton Fan Show before. They drew nil-nil last week. We'll talk the other side of that. In the League Cup semi-final, still Man United beating Man City 1-0 at the Etihad, but Man City leading 3-2 on aggregate and Liverpool still beating West Ham 1-0 at the London Stadium a Mo Salah penalty being the difference between the sides we're coming up towards 9 o'clock this is Love Sport Radio thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio for more go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts news and views or for more follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.